This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What's the difference between a good actor and a great actor? Oh, I think a good actor hits the marks, says the lines, does something admirable, doesn't make waves, you know, does the job, uh, can be called over and over again because it's not. And a great actor puts their mark on something. A great actor creates moments that are unforgettable, that are quotable, that really move the conversation forward, that people can't, they can't shake it. It might be 10 years later and they still like, oh my God, I've got to see that moment again. I've got to see that performance. It just transports me. Great actors transport you to another place, another human, another time. And you just can't forget it, you know? Lynn Whitfield has been a star forever. She was Josephine Baker on screen. She's currently starring in Greenleaf on OWN. She's out here spreading her brand of old school glamour, grace, and charm all over the place. And I always love to see her on screen. We're going to talk about what it means to be an actress and a star and a legend. You'll get half of this interview here. For the full interview, go to patreon.com slash Torre Show. Here we go. It's Lynn Whitfield on Torre Show. What do you love about acting? Oh my God. I love that, that it, I feel like acting is an art form, uh, you know, maybe second to music that is, can be transformative because you directly uh, transport another spirit and energy, a human truth that can really grab someone's heart, grab their soul, or make them laugh, make them laugh at themselves. You know, bringing through a prism, a specific prism, um, a human experience that can change people, that can bring more empathy, that can, uh, you know, absolutely incense people. And, and but so... The, and, and it all is under the banner of storytelling. 
I absolutely love telling a good story. And I love the, the haunt of the truth of a, um, of a person. Of a person and of a moment. And of, yes, a person and how they and what choices they make in a moment how they would respond in a moment, what in their inner life, um, actually like it, what they don't say, you know, because a lot of times I know with, with Josephine Baker, I really didn't want to talk to a lot of people who knew her because people who know powerful people, we were just talking about in an interviews with that you're doing and your next project people's experience and, and, and recounting of experiences are based upon their personal experience with that human being. Right. So it's got to be colored by, by, by their truths, you know? Um, but what I used a lot, I used existing video of her and photographs of her and times that she was, didn't know that people were looking, right? And so it wasn't what she said. It was what was not being said because she was saying all the right things. Oh, love me. Oh, she was doing all that, right? But at times I just saw an emptiness and a loneliness in her eyes. And I saw uh, that, that drop, even when you're with people, you know, and you feel small and you feel a little afraid, you know? So I, it's not always what we say in a moment. It's, but when you know the psyche of a human, then the response will be a natural one. I mean, usually when we talk about telling stories, we think about the mouth or the pen, but as an actor, it's the whole body. It's the whole instrument. It's, everything is coming together to tell the story, but you everything. are a part you, uh, within the story, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could do a monologue, you could do a one woman thing, but generally you are a part of the story and it's coming out through your interaction with other actors. Yeah. I mean, every character brings some facet of a story, some angle of a story uh, and some characters further the story and, you know, some are just there for to to tell you more about the person that's moving it forward. So, yeah, I mean, that's how human beings are. We all play a part in the truth of a moment, you know. Uh, and so the goal is authenticity. The goal is truth in that moment, because, I mean, play acting is fun, you know, acting at something. Um, but the being part of it, I think, is where magic happens, where you might not know when all those things come together, what exactly the reaction will be, what, how it will affect this person that you've come to know and embody, right? So it, it's where the magic is. I mean, and that to me is when I'm having the most fun, when it's like, oh, hell, I'm going to ride this donkey all the way in. You know, it's like, 
wow, this is happening. I didn't know it. And to be able to just go with it, you know, which is the inhab- nature of improvisation. You because know? you've inhabited the character. You become the character. You're not doing it. You are it. Well, at the when it's at the best, you know what I mean? Like I've taken those that information, embodied it where it meets who I am. And then, you know, you let it flow. That's the fun of it. I mean, that's when I feel like, uh, that's when I feel like, you know, maybe a musician feels when, you know, somebody just does a baseline and then it sends everything moving into a direction that nobody expected at that moment and you pick it up. So that's the real fun of it is, is the kind of unsafe part where you don't know how it's all going to shake out. When you get a script, be it for something new or something you've been doing, what do you do? How do you get into it? Make it your own? Oh, uh, oh you mean after I've decided to do it? Yes. Or they've decided that they want me to do it? Yes. It's it's your job. Now it's your job to to start like your process. What do you do? Yeah. Well, it's kind of really important to two things. Like uh, who is this person? Which means that sometimes you've got to just build a life you know, build a life from before what their history was, all of that. Uh, and then, so who is this person and what does this person want and what's in the way of it? Those are just basics. Any acting class you go to will, will tell you that. Now, how deeply you go into that, how uh, much you inform it is is up to the artist. But yeah, I do that. And then, you know, you look at the style. What is the style of this piece? How, what is it? I mean, because some things just aren't about going deep and being, you know, deeply dramatic. You got to hit it and quit it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I well, I, the actor, I always approach. But, you know, say when I did Thin Line Between Love and Hate, it, it just really couldn't be. There's no way to fit between Martin Lawrence, Bobby Brown, uh, all these comedians that were that were in this piece, you know, if it had you, you, you had to be able to fit within the style and still have the truth of the character. Right. So everything isn't Shakespeare. You know, it just isn't. Um, and it doesn't have to be. And well, no, thank God. I mean, uh, I I love pop culture and I love and really desire that. Um, I can be a part of more projects that really are just slice of life. Like these people are just who they are. There's no big lesson at the end of it. Like just dig the experience and keep it moving. You know, some actors have said to me that you want to have what they call an empathy for the character, which doesn't mean you necessarily like them, but you kind of understand them like where do you fall in terms of that do you need to have empathy and understanding for the women you play or oh well I fall in love with them I fall in love with their with all of them you know with their with their flaws with their uh attributes you know um the honorable part of them and I don't I try I don't want to shy away 
from their mistakes because why, you know, as much as I love the NAACP, I mean, I'm not trying to shape and mold a, a character that, um, that people can always glorify. Uh, it just, life just isn't like that, you know? So I fall in love with them and I have uh, a compassion for them, yes, but it's not my job to um, tell people what to think about them. It's more my job to kind of be who they are and then let the chips fall where they may in terms of people liking them or not, you know. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. 
peeps. It's your girl, Danielle Moody, host of Woke AF Daily. Every weekday, I'm sounding the alarm and keeping you woke to all the pure evil that is going on in our country. Check me out now at patreon.com slash woke AF. Get five new shows every week for just $5 a month. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. I know with Greenleaf, um, you're on the last season, right? Yes. And yeah. so I wonder if just in terms of helping us understand Lady May a little bit more, and I'm just always curious about the backstory that does not come on stage. Are there some bits of backstory that inform her that you can tell us that, you know, that we wouldn't know from watching the show because it's decisions that you made? Oh, yeah. Well, I made a decision that, uh, and also based upon information that the that the playwright, the showrunner, the television writer, um, gave. But you know, she was the um, <clears throat> she was the little Barbie doll of the group. And in doing so, there was, I'm sure, uh, and the apple of her father's eyes. So. Her mother, you know, would not always be comfortable with that, particularly because she actually was molested by her father, which is why she had blinders on. She was the one who wasn't realistic, who was the dreamer. You know, she dreamed about, you know, living like she saw in the movies. She wanted to know, um, you know, the finer things, how the other people lived. And moving on, you know, perhaps her ambition to fulfill that picture stopped her from from her education and fulfilling a lot of what she, because when she met this man, it was a perfect fit. Perfect. They looked perfect. He wanted big things. She wanted big things. And, you know, there you go. So um, all that kind of informs who the woman is that you meet, why she had the servants, why she had the bar carts and fresh flowers and all of that. She was, you know, creating the safe space for herself um, and for her family because she certainly knew what racism was, which doesn't play a huge part in our, in our piece. She, she had secrets that she didn't want anyone to know. And she wanted to create a safe kingdom for herself. Um, you know, this Christianity is a huge part of this piece. And do you have to be a certain level of Christian or a certain level of understanding of what that's about to be really authentic with that? I mean, just especially given that the audience is probably, you know, largely Christian, they want, they know they'll sniff it a mile away. Like that's a real Christian. That's not. Um, so do you have to be it to really portray it? Um, well, I am it, you know, I am Christian. Uh, and I just came to, well, okay. The question is, I think it's better. I think there are actors who could, you know, um, communicate that and not be. Um, For me, it was better because, listen, 
This was all about the flaws in Christianity, the, not, not Christianity, but the flaws in the corporate nature of church, the flaws in following a man and not following a relationship. Uh, so the more you actually see a believer who loses his way, the more you feel someone is authentically uh, a Christian person and still makes so many missteps and falls from grace and, you know, tries to pick themselves up, the more inspiring it is for the audience that, you know, to not judge themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you talk about that you are it. And I know you've talked about that Christianity has become more important in your later life than it was when you were a little younger. Absolutely. Yeah. I grew up Episcopalian and it was like, why am I getting on my knees again? And why am I getting up? This incense is burning my eyes. This is the most boring. I mean, I have no feeling here. I don't know what this is about. And I had no knowledge of, I, I just no personal experience of it. It was just the biggest boring thing. And then later, you know, of, you know, becoming a, a person out of college and all that, I explored everything, you know, um, you know, I had my mantra and I chanted and this meditation is great, great, great um, gains from meditation. In fact, I, I think it all works together hand in hand. And I had my tarot card reader who kind of shepherded me through uh, so much stuff, who saw me doing Josephine Baker before I ever did Josephine Baker, who saw all these energies and things coming my way, uh, you know, right there on Venice Beach. I had my healing, you know, from nine o'clock at night to one in the morning healing sessions where you, you know, learn to move energy and you know, and all that, I, you know, so I explored a lot um, of belief systems and until I just decided, okay, it's all complicated and it's not a person. And when I, you know, hit hard times, I said, okay, Jesus, I'm gonna give you a try now. What's up? <laughs> oh, tell me, you know, what is this? Come like a little kid and like, you're gonna like, okay, so. I've been the grown up. Show me what to do. And it really worked out. And, you know, in all of my, all of my, you know, idiosyncratic self, uh, it's like, okay, this is who I am. And I, it's working out so far. And I do give challenges. I do give the godly challenge. I do get mad with God. I do stop my feet and have tantrums and why, 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 and all that. I still do all that. What makes you but, mad at God? Oh, frustrated. I would say I get really frustrated because not understanding why. You know, you, we don't understand why about a lot of things. And sometimes there's no reason, you know, why on earth, you know, are we are we going through this? How on earth did we manifest such darkness now? You know, why did my brother feel so, so ill? Why is this person dead and this one not? You know, why, you know, all of that is very frustrating 
And and so it's a frustration with not having the answers. But part of uh, any spiritual walk, I think, is walking it anyway, because I don't think intellectually, I don't know if intellect is always a part of of uh, soothing your soul. Mm. Um, you, you, you've had a career that so many people would envy and would love to have and just sort of like look at you having just been doing it so big for so long. It's just such, it's, it, it's amazing. And a lot of it comes back to getting that big break, right? And how do you separate yourself and prepare yourself so you can, in the, in that moment when the opportunity comes, so you can nab it and have your career trajectory change? Hmm. Well, I think part of it for me, and I'm always talking about the work. I mean, I think that my zenith would be much greater. The trajectory would be greater if I didn't focus as much on the work and focus more on the business. I You should have focused more on the business. I think so. In what way? Uh, well, it just is a business. It's just like being present, like being out there, like schmoozing, like, you know, taking control, making, like I really haven't produced my own piece yet, you know? Uh, like not being so, you know, maybe not focusing on the excellence and the art as much as I am as the next moving things out of the way and really being competitive. I, 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 you know, I'm that person that would just stay in the studio and paint. And one day somebody comes by and says, oh my God, this is a great artist. I don't know if I'd be out at the cafes and the things, you know, drawing on paper and kind of selling myself. Um, so, yeah. So at this point, I think part of what it works best for me is to not be regretful, not be, you know, not question like, why am I, why don't I have certain things that I feel uh, I would do a great job at uh, and not also to believe the hype of you're, you've done this and, you know, kind of people kind of put you on a shelf with um, with compliments and put you in a safe place. And I don't kind of pay much attention to those either. I. Um, I, I just. I, I like, I love the process. So I think it's my love of it. That's kept me like moving forward. And when I get an opportunity, then I make a space. When I have a piece of work I can be doing, then I get, as opposed to creating the work myself. I mean, part of what I'm trying to get at is, is, is with Josephine Baker. They looked at, you know, a thousand women. And, and chose you um, and that oh, okay. and that launched you. And there's yes. so many people who might be listening to this who might be one of those thousand up for whatever role. Yeah. And what do you say to that, that girl or guy 
um, who's like, yeah. how do I, how do I get? Oh, I, so to, to them, I say, um, know what you're doing, have a point of view, stick with it and be light on your feet. Right. Because once you get to the point that you've made your way through the casting director several times and one call back, two call back. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order. Usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey survivor 46 is here and so is on fire the only official survivor podcast and we have a twist this season the winner of survivor 45 d Vyadaris, will be joining us every week we're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me a survivor winner Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. That's when they start finessing it, like be able to be flexible, you know, and combine someone else's intention with your own so that they because at the end of the day, I think directors want to know that they can work with you, that they can have something to do with the performance. But in the beginning, just have the authority to say, this is my idea. This is how, this is my interpretation. Um, and have the craft to do it, you know? So, okay. <laughs> What's the difference between a good actor and a great actor? Oh, I think a good actor, you know, um, hits the marks, says the lines, does something admirable, doesn't make ways, you know, does the job, uh, can be called over and over again because it's not. And a great actor, you know, puts their mark on something. A great actor creates moments that are unforgettable. Uh, that are quotable, that really move the conversation forward, that some people, that people can't, they can't shake it. You know, it might be 10 years later and they still like, oh my God, I've got to see that moment again. I've got to see that performance. It just transports me. Great actors transport you to another place, another human, another time. And you just can't forget it, you know? Um, and good actors um, 
get the job done, make the connective tissue, and you just might not. Oh, who was that guy? That guy. Oh, yeah, that one, that one. I remember him. Oh, yeah. And he, and he's in this and he's in that, you know, but it's not uh, that iconic stuff. I love that stuff. Oh, it's so juicy. Who are some of the people who really inspired you in terms of craft, who you sort of learned from watching? Diana Sands. Incredible actress. I think it was The Apartment. I saw her. Uh, it was a diverse cast. I mean, I was a little girl. Incredible. Um, her work was amazing. Uh, Ruby D, mm. who never, ever minded being, you know, sort of like, she was just like this Barbie doll who always had this, she, she, you, you always felt that she was thinking and, and, and that she, it, it, authentically herself. I loved her little girl saw her in the, maybe the Jackie Robinson story or something like that. And it was like, Oh my God, I could do that. She looks like me. She, we look, I, I could do that. Um, I love Cecily Tyson and Sounder. She runs down this, the passion and all that. Betty Davis. I loved Betty Davis. Incredible. Like you don't forget the moments, you know, um, the combination of uh, glamour and saltiness and stuff like that. Amazing. Marilyn Monroe. You know, she took sexy and sensuality and humor and put it all to get vulnerability um loved her audrey hepburn so beautiful her work uh lena horn because of the whole package you know uh was incredible uh, so there, Jane Fonda in Clue, which she played a, a a a call girl, this really intellectual call girl that was. So there's just lots of influences. I mean, I could never say one person sure. inspired me, but I just mercenary, you know, just take little bits from everybody. And uh, do you still take class? Do I what? Do you take class? Do I take class? Yeah. Or you passed that? Oh, I did. I did. I don't, I don't, I'm not in class now and haven't been for years, but after university, as a matter of fact, I was just talking to Vera Katz from Howard University who taught Taraji, Anthony Anderson, Felicia, Debbie, me, Chadwick, uh, she contributed so much to, to, um, to all of us. And then I went, you know, took classes at the DC Black Repertory Company, David LeGrant is who I was studying with in Los Angeles when I had, um, you know, at the time of Josephine Baker, Silverado, all those things. That's where I really just settled in and started the work work, the kind of work I wanted to do. But I think class is important because 
it just uh, like no ballerina really is going to go and try to dance a ballet without staying in class, you sure. know. Is there you, a particular discipline, acting discipline that you that you learned a lot from that you focused on more? People talk about Meisner or what have you. Is there a particular school that you sort of... No, I think the school that I was probably most influenced by, but I never studied a, a, a particular, like the Meisner technique. It's all about authenticity and, you know, being relaxed enough to tell the truth and being able to use your mind to set it up and then let the magic happen. You know, let it all happen. You, you keep talking about telling the truth. And I mean, like, telling the truth about other people seems relatively easy. Telling the truth about yourself, that gets hard. Um, so when you get a character, you're asked to tell the truth about somebody else who you are inhabiting. So yeah. where is the challenge in telling the truth? Well, because of our own... Um, because of our own blockages, right? Emotional blockages, you know, what we've experienced in life, how we might want to shape a truth to fit who we are. I mean, when it's, when, when it is, uh, when uh, it, 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 true rage is not easy. Acting at rage is real easy. But really being that thing is not, it's not so, or, you know, well, you know when you believe something or not. So what I mean when I say the truth is, is something that you really feel that you're getting in Louisiana, we call it land yet, that little something extra, that you're, that you're getting like, wow, I'm really seeing some shit right now. It is going down. It is real. It is, you know, it could be romance it could be anger it could be pain it could be it, whatever it is you really feel like you're getting the a real experience for more from me and lynn join us over at patreon.com slash show Thanks so much to Lynn for a great interview, and thanks to you for listening. And thanks to our super producers, Britt, Marcus Harkis, Noel, Sam Montes, Jason Reynolds, Gerville Calais, Michelle Brenda Cox, Kathy F., Keena Murphy, and Earl Dorsey. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and maybe this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Toray and on Instagram at Toray Show and on Patreon at patreon.com slash Toray Show. Toray Show is written by me, Toray, and produced by Jackie Garifano. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington. Our booker is Claudia Jean. And we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Friday and on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. 